Hello everyone, welcome back to Babylon 5 versus Deep Space 9, the galaxy's greatest podcast about the two great 90 space station shows, but today we're talking about Star Trek Lower Decks, specifically the new episode, episode 7 of season 2, Where Pleasant Fountains Lie. This is Bob from Cascadia, I got Matt from the Southland on the line, how you doing today Matt? Oh Bob, making me watch this cartoon once again. You will watch the cartoon and you will like it Matt. Just kidding Bob, you got boimed! It was actually alright, it was pretty good. I got boimed. Yeah, oh, you got man. boimed. That's the that's the lowest thing that can happen to a person. All right. So today in the A plot, we had uh, Chief Engineer Billups and Rutherford trying to repair the Dragon engines on the flagship of Billups's mother, Queen Polona of the Hyperians, human Renfair colonist who will make Billups their king if he ever gets his V card punched. And then in the B-plot, we have Mariner, feeling like Boimler can't really whack a dangerous planetary mission, gets Ransom to reassign Boimler to her to transport an evil supercomputer, Agamus, voiced by Jeffrey Combs in his seventh Star Trek role. Uh, but they crash on a planet. It's a good episode overall. I liked both plots. Agamus is just that stereotypical supercomputer you see in like so many episodes of Star Trek throughout its history. Really more just the original series there, right? I don't feel like you see it quite as much. In, or, like, very seldom, it feels like, in the in the 24th century Trek, but all the time in the original series. Yeah, they probably realized it was a tired trope at that point, but still, like, when you think of the evil supercomputer, he just fit all those. He checked all the boxes. Yeah, I, I would actually say I think this was maybe my favorite episode of the show so far, just because I thought, like, both plot lines were so funny. Whereas I've, I've liked pretty much every other Lower Decks episode, but sometimes you have like a really good B-plot and an A-plot that's kind of meh, or vice versa. Yeah, I feel like when they stick to like an A and a B-plot instead of branching out into like a C and a D, they tend to do way, way more with it, and it's more interesting. Have you noticed that? Mm, I, I, I think I might. I'd have to go back and like study my breakdowns to be sure. But I feel like I like it when they do C and D plots just because you get development of other characters. Because I think the sort of Rutherford, Tendy, Mariner, Boimler, you know, quadrangle can get a little tiresome. So it's kind of nice to like, you know, have like a spotlight episode on Ransom or a spotlight episode on Billups, something like that. I, I, I can see your point, though. Like if you if you have a great concept for an A plot and a B plot, like here, you might as well just explore both thoroughly rather than adding in, you know, a third or a fourth plot. So, I mean, uh, it's pretty obvious. I think our favorite characters this episode definitely was Ag Agamus. I mean, Agamus. Yeah. yeah. Hands down. <laughs> he, he almost seemed like some sort of like pickup artist. It was so funny. Like the, the kind of combination of like negging and then like unctuous, like sort of ingratiating. Uh, oh, it was so great. It was so funny. But let's say second favorite character. Mine goes to Billups. I think Billups was, it was pretty funny to get a backstory for him in this episode. And just everything he had to go through and learning about his race that he comes from, his culture. Just, it, was, it was interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not really a race, man, because he's a human. They're just Renfair colonists. Oh, wait, sorry. What did I say? Oh, yeah, my bad. I meant, <laughs> you know what I meant. Yes, yes. His, his cosplay that's become a culture. Yes. Yeah. Of course, I, mean, I don't know. I guess arguably all culture is just cosplay. You just have to do it for a really long time. Is there um, like some subtext there, though, with like Renfair people and like punching their V card? Is that, is that part of this? Well, I think part of the joke is that like uh, engineers are nerds and, you know, don't fuck. I was talking with my buddy Alan about this because like Scotty definitely fucked, right? We yeah. know that. 
Yeah, yeah. And it feels like O'Brien fucks. Yeah. But then you get to LaForge and you get to Billups and something happened. And so I theorized that something must have happened to Starfleet Engineering in between when O'Brien enlisted and LaForge graduated the academy. <laughs> You're stereotyping all engineers based on these three engineers, <laughs> four engineers. I, I mean, Rutherford, clearly not really there for it. I would say uh, Lieutenant Carey uh, from Voyager, he doesn't have sex. What about Torres? Well, she doesn't count because she's my key. Oh, yeah, that's right. See, you thought you were going to trip me up there, but I'm, I'm thinking like five steps ahead of you. In the past, like, Trip, he fucked. Stamets, he fucks. Yeah. We know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cause yeah, that, I, I that's all that. in the past. Something, something in the in the late 24th century, it, it just, it, it, it went wrong. And you started having a lot of virgin, virginal engineers. Maybe it was being too close to the uh, dilithium crystals or the... Subspace field degradation. Yeah, something. Warp speeds increased. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's that's why they had to institute the speed limit in Next Generation Season 7. It, yeah, they said it was because they were creating like a lot of like spatial anomalies and subspace tears. But really, it was just, you know, the sort of uh, sexual dysfunction that was happening to the engineers. Yeah, all their swimmers were going back up in their stomachs, Bob. It's, uh, it's, it's an awful thing. It's biology. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, uh, yeah, Billups is a good uh, second favorite, though. I, I might go with Mariner because just watching Mariner be hostile to, uh, to Agamus was really fun. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, Mariner probably had the best lines in this episode. Yeah, yeah, she had a lot of good ones. What was your uh, what was your favorite uh, set of jokes though? Probably just uh, Agamus is like his many attempts to convince the different people to plug him into a, another computer or into a ship or something. The uh, whole thing with Ransom at the very beginning, where he tries to he, he taunts Ransom into throwing him, see if he can throw <laughs> him to the computer. <laughs> He's like, but you can't yeah. reach that computer from over here. And Ransom actually thinks about it for a moment, and it's like, wait a minute. You're tricking me. <laughs> then you had like the uh, the creepy tendrils and the shuttlecraft. That was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Trying to get into the pad. Yeah, yeah. I for me, I, I think I would have to go with like the incest jokes that so many of uh, Billups's uh, queenly mother's comments uh, could be taken out of context to mean that she really wants to get down with her son, and that was uh, very amusing. Yeah, I literally had to rewind the episode at, at the first joke because I thought I just misheard it. Then I was like, no, he really <laughs> did mean it that way. He meant that yeah, his mom wanted to fuck him. <laughs> well, he didn't mean it that way. He meant he meant it in the the more general way of his mom just wants him to lose his virginity. Yeah, but, but the, the, way way he said, the way it came it. out, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm like sitting here thinking that is what they just said on an episode of Star Trek. Hey, man, after Game of Thrones, they've crossed that final frontier. Yeah, anything's possible now. There was a lot more... Uh, <laughs> There's a lot more sex on this episode. Yeah, I, I liked how wholesome the fact was that Billups was going to have a menage a trois with, you know, both a male guard and a female guard. And I, I was wondering, is that like a specific aspect of Hyperion culture? Is losing your virginity in Hyperion culture, you have to have sex with both a man and a woman? I, I don't know. I, I, we'll wait for the next encyclopedia to come out and find out. <laughs> so what was your uh, favorite line of the episode? The first one was at the very beginning of the episode. Mariner says, Boimi's got a phaser rifle. Nice. How are those different from regular phasers? Uh, they take two hands. 
<laughs> I don't know the damn difference. They look the same when they shoot them, and if they set it to stun, stun on a phaser rifle and stun on a regular phaser. I think in some versions, like maybe like early in the next generation, the idea too was that like you would just take a normal hand phaser and then you would like stick it into like the frame of the rifle. <laughs> It was like a Wii accessory, like a, like you remember the Wii motes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just stick it in there. Like now it's a fishing rod. <laughs> now it's yeah. Oh man, that that was part of my my favorite one of my favorite bits of the episode was just Boimler acting like all badass after he's been on the Titan, and uh, you know using all this pretentious, stupid operator jargon like wet work, and uh, then Mariner just telling him we can spray it down for you. It'll still be wet work, <laughs> which is. Also nice, because it's a very funny double entendre as well. That was a good line. Yeah, the other one for Mara, good thing the replicator's still intact. Computer, iced tea, splash of lemonade, licorice dry. Great. The least nutritious food that tastes the most like poison. Have you ever had yeah. black licorice? I actually uh, had just some the other day, because uh, one of my office mates uh, left some it's out. It's disgusting. <laughs> I actually uh, kind of like it. I mean, I don't want to gorge on it. Something's wrong with you. It's an interesting <laughs> flavor. I, I, will, I will make a small correction. I think it was uh, licorice black, not licorice dry. Oh. Well, I cut and pasted this line directly from another website, so I'll blame them. <sighs> just the, the, well, the I can't sit there and listen and type stretch. every word. I just go to the <laughs> quotes. It's easier to do it that way. Licorice black. I know, there, I I just, I'm just giving you shit. Have you ever had Uza? No, I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a Greek liqueur that's like licorice flavored. It's uh, it's pretty intense. Like I'll eat red licorice like all day, but black licorice I can't touch. It's gross. Yeah, I, I had a friend who uh, liked to big dick people, and so when we would go out, he would order shots of uh, of ouzo for the table. It was always pretty rough. Ouzo. Okay, I'm gonna have to try just to, just so I can say I did. I, I would suggest shooting it. Yeah. There's one more line that I just loved. I'll laugh out loud sometimes, like for real, you know, but th this one made me just bust out. Queen Billups goes, Son, are you saying the problem is beyond your engineering acumen? Then Billups says, No, no. Okay, no. We'll just have to run a full diagnostic from the bottom up. And then that female guard goes, You can run your full diagnostic along my bottom up, my liege. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> Because <laughs> she took the whole thing and reversed it, and then added my liege at the end. The my liege is what set the. That, that was it right there. That that was just beautiful writing. <laughs> so if I if I ever want to make you laugh, I just need to use some sort of stupid official title. That's 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 the uh, that's cracking the code. All yeah, right. yeah. And when you take the whole all the verbiage that Billups used and re reverse it to make it sound like a, an entendre, it's perfect. It's just, it's fantastic. So you want me to take it to you and reverse it? No, <laughs> you got it, Bob. You got it. Now add my liege at the end. I said my compadre. Oh, my compadre. <laughs> there you go. My compadre. Trek references in this episode, this probably had the least number of Easter eggs, and I'm for real this time. I know I've said it before, but this one definitely had the least number of Easter eggs or troll Trek references. Now, now you're making me like want to go and consult Memory Alpha to see, but I, I mean, like, I would say broadly the plots are both kind of throwbacks to old styles of episode, but yeah, just in terms of like Easter eggs or like specific details. Yeah. Probably it probably it's one of the lighter in, in those terms, maybe because it was episode seven and they were kind of running out of old references to make. 
But did you notice that this is this is what I posted as my favorite old Trek references? It's really a Star Wars reference, though. Did you see the scene where they are on the planet and Boimler and Mariner and the computer like go down a long like hill, like a sand dune hill type thing? Uh, okay. They like okay. take a piece of they take some metal and like go down it. That is an exact same scene. What what is the first movie in the new trilogy? It's a Star Wars trilogy. The oh, not God, Last Jedi. I, I but don't know. Whatever. We'll just call it Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Took that's me a minute it, yeah. to think of it. Force Awakens. Yeah, that's an exact scene from the Force Awakens when uh oh, Daisy Ridley's character so goes much. down that. I mean, we watched them all together, and I still like. I'm telling you, that new trilogy is like left my mind. Maybe since we watched the old, the, the original trilogy so oh, many I times. I, I think the only one we saw together was Solo. Oh, no, we didn't. We saw Last Jedi together. No, no, we didn't see Last Jedi. Yes, I, we did. I was staying in. If we did, I'd already seen it, because I was, I was in Seattle that Christmas and like went to see Last Jedi by myself. I like remember that very vividly. What's that? <laughs> I was with you, Bob. This <laughs> is... <laughs> You, are, you, you just are, don't. You, you just don't remember. You just don't remember me being there. <laughs> that makes me feel so good about myself. I'm pretty, Bob. I swear. No, we, we, watched... saw, we saw the last one together, and we saw Solo together. Yeah, Last Jedi. We... Isn't that the last one? No, no. The last one is what R- Rise of the Skywalker oh, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Sorry, that's the one we saw. My bad. Yeah, I thought yeah, for a minute cause... there, Bobby, you had completely forgotten about. I was even there in the room with you watching the movie. No, here, here's my thought process. Like, I didn't go see The Force Awakens in theaters because it looked like it sucked. And then I saw the trailer for uh, The Last Jedi, and it was like, oh, they're going to remake Empire Strikes Back. I do kind of like that one. So I watched um, The Force Awakens at a friend's house, and then I went to see Last Jedi by myself, like, on Christmas morning, I think, because I was dog-sitting. And I was like, yeah, that was exactly the Empire Strikes Back, with just the scene order reversed. That was fun. And then I think after that, since I'd broken the seal, I was willing to go see Solo with you. And then I, I also went to go see, uh, yeah, Rise of the Skywalkers with you. That's right. We saw Rise of the Skywalkers together. Yeah. I see. I can't. I can't remember the names of the movies. I don't remember anything that happened in them. It, they were just. I mean, it's just bad. I don't know if it's just my memory going or what, but jeez. Oh yeah, yeah no. New 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 Star Wars is is rough, man. It's bad, all rough. It's I, don't don't come don't come at me with the Mandalorian. I don't want to hear about it. Actually, the Mandalorian is not that bad. <laughs> but it really is, man. The, the the season two finale is like this one of the most unforgivably stupid things I've ever seen. Oh god, that thing was awesome. But we'll, no, it wasn't. We'll save that for an we'll save that for a bonus episode somewhere. Don't make me rewatch it, please. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what about you? What was your favorite old Trek reference? Oh, I, I did think of one other, like the the sort of like uh, crashing on the planetoid. It, it did remind me of a specific animated series episode called Time Trap. It goes <sighs> in a little bit of a different direction, but it did it did remind me of that. Um, but right. the, the more you substantive and five thing, other people saw it. Okay, go. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna strap you down, Clockwork Orange style, and make you watch uh, the original animated series. No, the um, the thing I liked the most about it was how it was uh, mocking the ridiculous use of royalty and aristocracy in Star Trek. You know, specifically, Billups's uh, mother is a lot like Luxana Troy's, uh, you know, Deanna Troy's mother on The Next Generation. And I'm a huge fan of Luxana, but it's still, you know, it's a pretty ridiculous plot and like this 
this post-scarcity utopian future where oh you still have royalty and aristocracy and the the, yeah, the starship crews have to deal with that and you also saw a, a more contemporary version of that in one of those short trek episodes where like Tilly makes friends with this girl who's like the queen of the dilithium planet. And then that was like a big, you know, kind of like save the ship moment at the end of season two, which honestly, I'm not somebody who hates discovery. I actually think disco is a pretty good show, but man, that, that was by far the worst part of it was the dilithium queen, the dilithium queen. I love too how they call their, everything on their ship, something that fits in with uh sounds like a Renfair type thing, like dragon's breath. Or dragon oh, fire yeah, for yeah, the for the yeah. warp core. There are some others. I didn't write them down, but yeah. Billups mentions it a couple of times, and even Rutherford uh, tries to do it. If you remember that part, and Billups is like, "No, no, just stop!" <laughs> like he tries to make up <laughs> something about elves. <laughs> like, it's, it's just cringe. It's just yeah. cringe, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I did want to challenge uh, you to rank Jeffrey Combs the Star Trek roles, but uh, you just said I should do it. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not even going to try because I, 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 it's, I'm just going to agree with whatever you say. Because I will ask this though: Did you know that he voiced Scarecrow in Batman the Animated Series and Brainiac in Injustice Two? I had no idea. I what? It, wait, what is Injustice Two? Is that's is a, that video, a video, game? video game? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I had no idea about either of those. That's that's really cool that he was the voice of Scarecrow. And yeah. Uh, if you if you look at his uh, IMBD page, that dude has done like so many cartoons. And played so many different roles in both DC and Marvel. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than these two, these are just two that like stood out to me. But there are a ton. I, I feel like I should like review who voiced uh, all the villains from Batman the Animated Series because it's like the three I can remember all are all like really pretty famous. Like you got Mark Hamill doing Joker, David Warner doing Ray Shakul, and then now you know I didn't remember it, but Jeffrey Combs doing Scarecrow. That's a pretty big uh, deal. All three of them, I would say. He was also the question on uh, Justice League Unlimited. Oh yeah, yeah. I've actually, I've actually not gotten to Justice League Unlimited. I'm like somewhere in the middle of Justice League season two. I'll just get ready for. Yeah, they kind of played the question as kind of like a Fox Mulder kind of conspiracy theorist, right? <laughs> or you could just keep humming. Okay. That's, yeah, they have. They have a, a legit like. Like I'm telling you. The intro to that show is insane. You don't remember the intro to that show? The only ones I ever watched um, were the first season, like back in the day, and I like I downloaded them off LimeWire or some crap. And half the time, like the video file wouldn't play, so I just listened to them like they were radio dramas. Justice League Unlimited is probably my favorite of like the three total seasons of Justice League. Right? There was season one, season two, and then Unlimited. If I remember, I think there were two. Seasons of the original show, and then yeah. Justice League Unlimited ran for three seasons. Yeah, I think I, is how it went. I feel like the Unlimited piece was my favorite, like overall. Yeah, it's worth a watch, especially since Jeffrey Combs. I think he played. He did. They did the question. I think he did some other characters too. But you have to. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I plan to keep going on it. I just Titans is kind of taking up all, all the. That's all the superhero media I can handle at one time. Like one Titans a week is good. Yeah. I'll. Uh, I'll get back on watching the the Justice League stuff on HBO Max uh, after Titans is done. Yeah, DC Comics knows its intros though, so good for DC Comics. Nice. So the the long-awaited Jeffrey Combs uh, Star Trek roles uh, ranking, I would say uh, Shran, the Andorian from Enterprise, is number one. 
Wayun, who we haven't met yet on DS9, is number two. Agamus is number three. Liquidator Brunt from uh, later seasons of uh, Deep Space Nine, the Ferengi uh, Commerce Authority Inspector, he's number four. Krim, who's a Ferengi, he played in a one-off episode on Enterprise, is number five. Pink, the fight manager between the seven of nine, between the Rock and Seven of Nine in their fight on Voyager, I would put then. And then finally, I would put a uh, alien who was thirsty for Kira in an episode of DS9. We're almost two. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I didn't watch enough Enterprise to know who Shran, see him as Shran. So I'm, I'm assuming that's, that's probably his best part, according to you. My my theory is that you should only watch episodes of Enterprise that Shran appears in, with a couple of exceptions. Basically, if you just like look and see, okay, Shran in the episode. If yes, watch it. If not, don't. Yeah, Wayun. I like. I know him as. I know that, but I, I mean, he's great in that role. But then Agabus, do you remember Liquidator Brunt, or did that not? Uh, did that I, I, I do. I do. Yeah, I do remember Liquidator okay. Brunt, and I remember. I, I know. Remember Pink because I went. I think I went back and watched that Rock episode at some point. Honestly, that Pink that's not is. one I remember. I I don't remember at all. Oh, he's so there. I, I I'm sort of guessing when I put Pink above uh, him being thirsty for Kira because I don't really <laughs> remember either of those performances very well. I've seen them both, but they just didn't stick with me. So one interesting thing in this episode, they act like Rutherford's dead. For any, even a second, did you think that Rutherford had actually died? Oh no, because I I thought it I I thought they set it up pretty clear that it's like okay that his mother is faking her death to get him to you know consummate his manhood or whatever and so yeah no not for a second i was just curious because I, I didn't really think so either i didn't know if they were really trying to build up drama with that or just uh i i don't think so i think they i think the episode was lighthearted enough they didn't really treat it that seriously and they telegraphed you know his mother's intentions enough that i, I don't think you were supposed to think he was actually dead i will say i do kind of enjoy the reoccurring bit in the show where Captain Freeman and Ransom both have to like assuage alien dignitaries' egos constantly. It, it, it's a pretty fun bit. Yeah, it seems like their main job at this point. Like, yeah, at least in the last couple of episodes. And I mean, it's a pretty realistic homage to uh, TOS and TNG in that sense. So we've only got three episodes left, Bob. Oh, that's it. Yeah, only three. There's only ten episodes a season. Oh, that's right. There was only ten in the first season too, right? Are you sure it's 10 for season two, or are you just assuming since the first one was only 10? It's 10 episodes. There's three episodes okay. left. I checked. Okay, good, good. Any uh, predictions, Bob? Anything you think is going to happen here? Any any big cliffhangers for that last episode? I'll predict they'll keep to the kind of the same formula they used last season, and they won't, they won't do like episode nine and 10 as a two-parter necessarily, but they'll probably do something similar where episode nine sort of like sets up a situation that episode 10 then addresses like they did in the first season. Other than that, no predictions. I don't necessarily expect it to do anything crazy, but maybe it will. And I will say this is the first of a couple of episodes that the, the cat doctor has not been there, Bob. Well, that, that was wrong multiple ways because the cat doctor was there. She's the one who tells Tendi that Rutherford is dead. What? And, yeah. Bullshit. I missed that. Damn you it. You did. You totally did. I and was totally going to call you out on it. I was worried about you this week, not having a, a, a scene with the cat doctor. However, the bird, the bird psychologist or whatever, the bird counselor was on the bridge at one point. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. He was on the bridge in a non-speaking role. I think we've only ever seen him speak the in that 
one episode where Mariner and Freeman are going to him for therapy. I think in every other episode, it's been a non-speaking role. Maybe your, your, your cat doctor will play a better part in the next episode, but I'm, I'm glad she was in this episode. I just, I didn't even remember her. I mean, I, I don't have to have the cat doctor around. I like Dr. Tiana, but I don't have to have her around. I just, I tend to go to her because I hate Boymore and Rutherford and Tindy are fun, but their plots are kind of hit or miss. And then Mariner is very fun, but oftentimes when the plot is about her like reconciling with Boimler, that kind of pains me, and I don't feel like I can pick her as best character. So you need the foul-mouthed cat doctor to help you make it through the episode. I do, I do. All right, then. Well, here's the three more episodes, Bob. Three more episodes, Matt. Three more episodes. All right, so this has been Babylon 5 versus Deep Space Nine, the galaxy's greatest podcast about the two great 90s space station shows. But today we were talking an episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, episode two. I am Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Have a good night, everybody. Bob meant to say season two, episode seven. No, I just know because it's the end of the outro. So if they don't remember at this point, I don't really care. But... <laughs> Bob said episode two, not season two, episode seven. Oh, God damn it. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I hate you so much. <laughs>